Welcome to 9to5Photographer, the podcast to help professional photographers and filmmakers get more shoots, make more money and spend more time doing the things they love. And today we're speaking to someone who's going to help you grow your business. Because when I speak to photographers and ask them what they need to learn to take their business to the next level, many will talk about a shooting technique. So maybe it's mastering flash photography or using studio lights or how to pose people to get those killer Instagram worthy shots. But today's guest, actually our first guest, explains that only a fifth of that success would be down to the technical side of the photos that you shoot. He takes us through what some of the other 80% is. Zander Casey, that's Zander with an X and Casey with a C, has built his business by focusing on that other 80%. When he's not shooting overseas, he undertakes photo shoots at some of the nicest hotels in central London. But today he's with us and he's going to explain all about how he grew his photography business. Let's get into it right now. Zander, thank you for being here today. It's great to have you on the show. Hi Simon, how are you? Uh, I'm very good indeed, thanks. Very good. I'm really excited that you're here. Really excited to talk to you. Really excited to find out uh, some answers to some questions I'm going to be asking you. Um, but before we get into the real detail of this episode, I'd love to give our listeners just some context of who you are and where you are in life. So if you don't mind, can you just share with us some basic information such as you know where you live, uh, your rough age, if you're happy to share that, you know, your family situation, stuff like that? Sure, of course. Lovely. First, it's great to have this opportunity to chat to you and um, to talk a little bit about what I do, uh, because I have the best job in the world. I absolutely love what I do. <laughs> it's not like being an accountant where you stare at spreadsheets all day or something like that. <laughs> I, I am about doing different things. And I know I do lots of weddings, but, but everyone is different and everything is just it's just brilliant. I love my job. So anyway, yeah, in terms of a little bit of background. Yeah, as I say, I do lots of weddings and events. Uh, on the whole, I'm a wedding and event photographer, um, but we'll probably get into this a bit more. I do some other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. um, I have a fabulous wife, Kate, and I have two kids, uh, and they all keep me grounded. Um, I'm not quite sure what the difference is between constantly taking the mickey out of me and keeping me grounded, <laughs> but, um, but that is what they do, and I love that. Um, we live in uh, Leafy, Surrey, so it's ever so close to London. Um, you literally, you, you drive out of London, you go past Wimbledon. And there's a couple of fields and we're literally the first village you come to. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so that's it, it, it's fabulous. So it means uh, I can get into London really easily. Uh, so driving home back from a job is only about 35 minutes mm, mm. if I'm in the centre of town. And I'm close to the airports as well. So I fly quite a bit for work. Um, so it's nice to be close to Gatwick and Heathrow. And, okay. Um, We've also got uh, lots of cats and dogs. It's a bit of a menagerie here. <laughs> uh, and we've got bees. I have a couple of hives of bees. Um, and um, it's, 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 it's great. We st I got them as a way of teaching the kids when they were little, a uh, little bit about nature. Um, and bees are in trouble. I'm going to, I'm going to take over this podcast with about bees. So I've got to be careful. That <laughs> about bees. But Albert Einstein said, if bees disappear, humans only have four years left to live. Four um, years. So I thought we'd do our, yeah, four years. So I thought we'd do a little bit to try and help um, with these poor bees. Um, but we love them and we obviously get lots of lovely honey as well. Awesome. Highly commendable. Uh, uh, very impressed. And just in case anyone's interested, do you shoot with Canon or Sony or Fuji? What, what do you shoot with? I use uh, Canon. Uh, I was Canon in the old analog days uh, of film. And when I moved to digital, it made sense to stick with them um, as I only had to buy a digital body and I could use the same lenses. Okay. Um, DSLR yeah. or mirrorless in? 
I'm still on DSLR. I love my Canon 1DX Mark II. Uh, it's built like a tank. Um, Great bit of kit, no doubt about it that. Is, it's, it's fabulous. It's never let me down. I have two of them. Um, and th- I just love them. However, the, the world is moving to mirrorless. Um, I appreciate that. And Canon have said they're not going to be uh, concentrating on DSLRs anymore. It's all mirrorless. And in fact, Canon have said they're lending me uh, a mirrorless camera and um, as many lenses as I want. So I'll be doing that to give it a good old test. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, good opportunity to try out some new glass. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, so Zander, I'm I'm really keen to know more about how you started your photography business and then in the early days, how you grew that into what it's become today. Yeah, good question. So I think like lots of other photographers, I started uh, when I got given uh, a SLR by my dad. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't using it anymore and I instantly fell in love with it. Here mm. was this visual medium that I could use I'm dyslexic by the way and so being able to to do this thing that was particularly visual rather than having to rely on words was Mm. absolutely fabulous Mm. Um, and I fell in love with it straight away and the other bit I loved was the developing the photos yourself and swishing the chemical round in the little tray and Mm -hmm. seeing this image appear I mean, it's like magic. I still don't understand how it really works. I'm not the most (laughs) technical photographer but the fact that you add the chemicals together you mix it and there it is in this little tray it's just it's just fabulous um i don't really understand how digital photography works either to be honest but (laughs) (laughs) but uh but but anyway that's an aside point but anyway i loved it um and so growing up as a teenager it was my hobby and i loved taking photographs um and i've got loads of loads of photographs um but i actually didn't think photography was a proper job and so i did my a levels um Mm -hmm. and then i did a degree in business and then I did a postgraduate degree in marketing, mm-hmm. thinking that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go mm-hmm. work in marketing, mm. which I did. So I went to go work for a great big global telecoms company. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling all over the world, telling them about their marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. It was as jobs go, but I was doing a lot of the traveling on my own. And when you're traveling on your own, you don't really have anyone to share it with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but that was that. And about the same time I had kids and I realized actually my work-life balance isn't really where I would like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the nine to five job, which is what we, we all think we're going to be doing, turns into the eight to eight job. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking of working eight to eight. I should be doing something that I love doing and something mm-hmm. that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really super passionate about. Mm-hmm. And wh- why can't that be photography? And mm-hmm. photography is a proper job. Um, mm-hmm. And literally, the, the month I was thinking about this, uh, the company I worked for offered voluntary redundancy. Uh, and I put my hand up and said, yes, please, I'll have some of that. Uh, so I've got a nice big payout. And um, that paid for some new photography kit. Um, and within sort of three or four months, I, had, I was beginning to get excellent orders in. Um, and and, and it, it all took off from there. So really interesting point here. If, if you hadn't been in that situation of the voluntary redundancy coming along, do you think that you would have actively quit your job in order to start a photography business? Unlikely, to be honest, I just had my, my daughter, um, so she was a tiny baby, and that was not the right time to, to take a leap into the dark. Uh, mm-hmm. But having the voluntary redundancy and having the payout mm-hmm. uh, made all the difference. So it tidied mm-hmm. us over for the first few months, enabled me to buy some kit. Um, but you're right, now I don't think I would have made that move. Oh, would I have made it then? I don't know. It feels strange now to look back and say, of course I would have made it mm. <laughs> because mm. I, do, I, have the, I have the best job in the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, taking photographs is just brilliant. Um, mm. But I'd like to think I would, but it would have, I don't know, it would 
it would have been a harder it would have been harder sell to my wife that's for sure you mentioned Kate earlier on how did she feel when you decided or when you told her that you weren't going to be going back into the corporate world after that voluntary redundancy that you were going to start your own business and you were going to be self-dependent on an income from that point on she said go for it uh, we had the payout to last us for the first few months um and um she, she knew she had a good job to go back to after maternity leave um so and it meant i was more around with the kids so rather than being out at my this eight to eight job every day meant meant i was at home for part of it um mm. so immediately we had a, a much better work-life balance and did you start um, off yeah. doing wedding photography no i originally when i started off i wanted to do fashion and portraits that's that's really where where i thought i wanted to do it all um but then I had a photo published in Vogue magazine mm-hmm. um, and an American lady bought Vogue to read on the airplane on the way back home to the States. OK. Uh, and then when she got back home, she literally got back home and rang me straight away and said, can you photograph my wedding at the Barclay Hotel in six months time? <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, I'd love to. <laughs> and I said, how did you hear about me? And she said, I just saw your photo in Vogue. And so I want that no. style for my wedding. And I thought, no. wow. So, so I did. And mm-hmm. the pressure on a wedding day mm-hmm. for new photographers, it, it's immense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole schedule that you have to stick to. There's lots of things that go on. Um, and you always have to be thinking one step ahead. But I loved the pressure. And I loved all of it and thought, oh, hello. I'm really enjoying this. This is something I should do more of. So then after the wedding, I showed... Um, uh, the photographs I took to the hotel and they loved them and that they started recommending me to their clients. And this is the Barclay uh, the Hotel, Bar- you say? Yeah, the Barclay, exactly. So very swish, five-star hotel. They're also part of a, uh, of a group who also own Claridge's and the Cornwall Hotel. Um, and so then they heard about me, saw my photos and said, oh, c- can we recommend you to our clients as well? And I said, of course you can. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, exactly. So between those three hotels, they really do have, have um, a, sort of the segment of the, of the f- five-star hotel market. Uh, they cater for all the different styles uh, of, of, of clients at that top end. Um, and I've been working at those venues ever since. And how long ago uh, was long it long that, the, that that lady saw your photograph in Vogue? This was, this was the mid-noughties. Uh, right around about then so it's, it's been a while ago yes yeah, so i've had a very good relationship with these hotels um because they obviously know me um and, and part of the, working with a photographer it's not just about loving their photos it's about being able to work with them as a person um them being able to stick to the schedule um and so there are lots of things so it's yeah no I've, I've been i've been very lucky and very fortunate to be able to work with them for for such a long time and in all of that time what would you say your favorite wedding has been to photograph Oh, wow. I love all the weddings that I do. Each each one is different. Uh, um, They're all so much, so much fun. Even the little ones during the pandemic, you know, these, these, these small weddings Mm -hmm. for for sometimes two people. Mm -hmm. Um, I did one recently at Claridge's where it was just the bride and groom um, and, and a couple of the staff were, um, were the witnesses. Uh, Mm. And that was just as fabulous um, as some of the big weddings I do. But one of my favorite ones Mm. was a three-day wedding in Ibiza. And it was just fabulous. Everybody flew out to it on their private jets. Uh, (laughs) Apart from me, who who came out on EasyJet. (laughs) Good old EasyJet. Exactly. Uh, And uh, I said to my wife, oh, man, one of them could have given me a lift on their private jet. And um, 
and my wife said, that's the whole point of having a private jet, Zander, is that they don't have to travel <laughs> with the riffraff. <laughs> <laughs> You're officially riffraff. There you go. Exactly. Your wife said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so the wedding was fabulous. On the Friday night, they um, they booked a whole restaurant on the beach. And so when the sun was going down. You could see the whole sunset. That was fabulous. And then there was a whole wedding day itself. Um, and they, they flew out um, a vicar um, to, co- to co- come and come and do the ceremony out there. They threw, flew out synchronized swimmers to come and do <laughs> two three-minute sets in the swimming pool. Wow. It, was, it was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the Sunday, um, there was a pool party. Uh, so none of the oldies were invited to that. It was just the young'uns, and it was just it was just a fabulous uh, party. Everyone a little bit hungover until they've had their first Bloody Mary, um, and then suddenly the party's back in full swing. <laughs> that was great fun. It's hard work because everyone thinks you're you're flying abroad as a photographer, just enjoying the party. You're not so much enjoying the party as as photographing everybody else enjoying the party. Uh, but it was it was brilliant all the same. Now, Zander, one of the things a lot of photographers tend to feel is that fear that you won't have enough work coming in. Now, given that you've been doing this like full time since uh, what two thousand and what mid noughties, I think you said it was, and it's very much a full time and a professional thing for you. How do you keep that ball rolling to ensure that you continue to have business coming in for you? It's something you learn with experience, and I remember, especially to begin with, having sleepless nights, thinking, "Oh, how am I going to pay the mortgage?" especially at the time I had in my notice at the telecoms company. Mm-hmm. Um, but very soon, actually, that you realize that actually you've got no one else to rely on. It's just yourself. So that's yeah. when your sales skills kick in and mm-hmm. you understand what is it that you can do? What are your unique selling propositions as a photographer? Um, what can you do that no one else can do? And it's a combination of your style. It's who you are as a person. Um, um, and then I, I began to understand what the wedding calendar is. Um, mm-hmm. So it, once I understood that, then everything else sort of falls into place. So, for example, most people get engaged on either Christmas Day or Valentine's Day. Okay. So, so once you start that with those number of engagements, then you know around that time, couples are going to go and look for their venues that they want to get married in, book up the venues. And then once they've got the venue booked, they then look into photographers. So January, February, March time, you get lots of bookings uh, and lots of deposits in. So, so that, that sorts out sort of the, the beginning of the year. And then you get into the summer full swing where you're solidly booked with weddings. Um, and then to begin with, the weddings used to tail off uh, around Christmas time. But as soon as the digital photography um, and digital cameras got better, then winter weddings became a real thing. Um, and now they're just as popular. Um, December is just as popular as, as August now for wedding dates. And so that's really helped balance out the, the photography year. Wow. You, did you just say December is just as busy as yeah. August? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there'll be, I'll have five or six weddings at least uh, with Fridays and Saturdays uh, booked up for winter weddings. Wow. People love a winter wedding because everyone's in the Christmas mood. Uh, mm. Everybody loves it. It, it. it has, you know, imagine a church with hundreds of candles mm. lit in it. Mm. It looks lovely. And now, uh, as I said, the digital sensors are so good that you, can, you don't have to rely on flash and you can get really atmospheric shots. That's amazing. Because back when I used to photograph weddings, clearly August used to be a busy time, you know, June, July, August, or May, June, July, August. Um, but in December time back then, I mean, and this was around about mid noughties as well, actually, 
um, back then I would shoot probably one December wedding and that would be it. And it would be the Saturday between Christmas and New Year, usually. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK. No, no. Yeah, no, that's all, all, all changed. Um, another benefit of the pandemic is, 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 is that it's meant that obviously Saturdays are the busiest wedding day. Hmm. But now people have got used to having weddings on any day of the week. So that has really helped uh, balance out the... Um, the number of weddings that, uh, that a wedding photographer can do. Because it must um, be frustrating the times when you're asked to photograph a wedding on a date that's already booked, of course. Yes, absolutely. And that's actually something we were going to talk about in a bit, but it's worth bringing up now, is that don't look at other photographers as your competition. Look at them more as your partners, because the, the, the more you grow your business, the, the more likelihood you're going to have of dates where you're double booked. And you can either just say, no, I'm booked, or pass it over to a friend and colleague who has a similar style to you and someone you like working with. Um, and it's reciprocal because then when they get double booked, they'll start passing jobs on to you. Mm, so mm. you can grow your business organically. Mm. Um, that's a very good way of doing it. So I was also lucky not long after I started photography um, to be asked to teach. Um, and every year in January, there's the annual photographers convention. Um, so I've gone there um is this swpp exactly exactly um and i've been teaching that sometimes it's on business skills um because i have a postgraduate degree i think i'm the only photographer who has a postgraduate degree in marketing and i'm also a member of the chartered institute of marketing we're going to get Um, countless emails coming in now from other photographers saying no no i've also got a postgraduate in marketing (laughs) yes yes, i think i am i'm not sure i am so i'd love to know anyone else out there And so, and so that's fabulous. And I love teaching. Um, and so some of it is on uh, business and the business skills of, of, of how to run the business side of it. But also there's the practical demonstrations, uh, sort of giving a masterclass on how to photograph a bride and groom, how to interact with them. Hmm. Um, hmm. Lots of people need those skills as well. Um, so being able to balance out the times that I'm not photographing weddings with some mm-hmm. training uh, for mm-hmm. one-to-one sessions, etc. Mm-hmm. But I also do corporate photography. Um, and I have a whole separate website for this. Um, okay. Segmentation is very important. It's another, another marketing buzzword. Um, but segmentation basically means grouping like consumers together. And I realized that, that if I offered corporate photography, you don't want that on your main wedding website. No, because brides, no, I agree. brides mm. just, just want to see pictures of other brides and weddings and maybe events and that kind of thing. But they don't mm. want to see, you know, chairman and the CEO and those kind of stuff. So I have a whole another website for that and that's called um, Cityscape Studios. Um, and I hire in other photographers when I'm double booked. Um, and so that's different. So between these, these, and I also do family portraits as well. Um, and actually during the pandemic, that was very useful when there weren't so many weddings. Although I still had, did have, when it, we weren't in the major lockdowns, I still did do quite a lot of weddings. They were smaller, but, um, but, 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 but certainly I, I, I did lots of those. Um, and also during the pandemic, I did family portraits. Luckily, uh, I work at the high end of the market. So lots of those, these people have amazing houses uh, with huge gardens. Um, and so we could do them very safely outside. Mm, mm. Um, and that was great. So I think in answer to your question, <laughs> I spent a while answering it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in answer to your question um, is how do you keep enough work coming in? And I think for me, the answer is, is to have a number of different segments working um, and I realized in the in the last recession um, during the um, whatever the name of the crash was, uh, what was what was that called? Uh, oh, the 2008 crash, you mean? Yes. Yes. OK. Uh, during that one, I was quite over reliant on weddings. Um, and so I realized that it's important to have have different segments. Um, and all photography is is broadly similar. Um, 
I think I think there's the old adage that if you want something done uh, quickly, ask a wedding photographer to do it because they know how to do it against the clock and mm. absolutely brilliantly as well. Mm. Okay, so what you're saying then is that you operate in different markets, but your marketing is very much targeted to each of those markets as opposed to having one website that covers all your markets. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And things like uh, my social media, uh, I just use Instagram, um, and that is entirely targeted at um, at the, the weddings and the portraits. Awesome. Um, Xander, tell me about a time when you've struggled with something in your business, whether that's something commercial or something artistic uh, or a work-life balance or something like that or whatever it is, and something that you, you simply had to overcome. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, I have loved my job every single day since I started it. Um, and when I understood about the wedding calendar and about how it works, it's not been as much of a struggle as I found as in my old job. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to get the work-life balance in check then I found harder because you know everyone assumes when you go into work for a job that it's going to be nine to five and it's not that when nine to five turns to eight to eight in, in, in pretty much any industry that you work in um, if you want to do well and succeed and I found that I was spending so much time in my old marketing job that I wasn't really having much of the social life especially with all the traveling that I was doing with it so I've, I actually part of the reason for becoming a photographer was to get a better work-life balance um and so so actually the, the when i realized that and as i mentioned earlier g- getting uh, the voluntary redundancy that made all the difference um and so that that really opened my eyes to what to what your job should be it should be something you're passionate in it's something that you enjoy doing uh, it's something that you love and so, and as they say, if you do something you love, you don't really work another day in your life. But also, in, in relation to your question, I did find it hard when I started as a photographer, uh, turning business down. And so the one stage in my first year where I worked for 14 days straight. Oh, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and the whole reason for being a photographer uh, was to get a better work-life balance. And then suddenly with young kids, I was working all these hours. Um, and so I realized actually then that was the time to look at my competitors, not as competitors, but as partners. And then so that that was a much that was a real life lesson to me is that you need to engage and network with other fellow photographers as well um, and swap swap jobs with them. Um, and then the, the other irony of, of, of getting a better work life balance is that being a wedding photographer, you work a lot of weekends. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you work every weekend, pretty much. If you're not doing weddings, then you're shooting portraits. And that's no problem when the kids are tiny, when they're not at school, then that's fine. You can take off during the week um, and it's fine. But once they go to school, then I, I did. There was a period where I did see less of them. Um, but I would definitely during the school holidays, make sure I took time off with them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing wedding photography is actually uh, to spend more time with the children. Uh, and I, I ended up doing a lot more corporate, very niche sort of photography, uh, which is just Monday to Friday and, and not during school holidays at all. So, that, so for me, that worked out really well. So I'm really glad that you also recognized that if you want to get that good work-life balance, it is a case of, of looking at how you spend your time and then being in control of how you change that. So carving out time, if that's important to you. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's the strangest job you've ever had to do? So early on in my career, I did a job at a very, very swish hotel. And it was like starting at 7.30 or something. But I turned up at 7 early, like I normally do. And the event was already in full swing. It was a corporate job, but there was wall-to-wall champagne. There was caviar. And, and I thought, wow, oh, my God, and I'm late. 
so I quickly got my camera together. I just started photographing away and it was brilliant. And then before too long, I realized no one here was speaking English. <laughs> you know, and I, I know it was Russian or Eastern European. It, it, mm-hmm. it, was, it was some language like that. And they were really, really drunk, but having a brilliant time. <laughs> okay. And I thought, this is fantastic. And I couldn't find Alexander, who was mm-hmm. my contact. And that was confusing because that's Alexander is, is, is half of Alexander. So they thought that I was looking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then after about half an hour, I came, I left the room to get something from the car, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I noticed opposite this room was the room I was supposed to be photographing in. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then exactly, I, I, it was half an hour later. So I arrived perfectly on time to this other job and it was the corporate... Alexander was there waiting for me. Today, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what party was going on in that room, and they have no idea who the random photographer no, was exactly. who suddenly turned up. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> they, they never. I was expecting the hotel to get in contact and say, uh, "Oh, by the way, yeah, yeah, what happened to the photographs?" Um, but they never asked for the photographs. They they never minded that it was a photographer coming in who just t- turned up half an hour and then just disappeared. <laughs> it's one of the strangest things. Awesome. Yeah. Which hotel was this? I'm, I'm not saying that. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, if anyone listening to this is Russian and ever was ever at a party and yes. and, and and there's lots of champagne and caviar there, and a random photographer just turned up for a bit, <laughs> <laughs> looking slightly stressed to start off with, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, yes, yeah, so, but, but all jobs compared to that one, uh, yes, it have been, been easy by comparison. How do you see the photography and the video industry changing over the next five years? Uh, yeah, good question. I can see photography and video becoming much more intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, I think that smartphones have become so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get called in to do quite a lot of PR photography uh, for corporate especially, and mm-hmm. now a lot of that can be done on a phone. Uh, mm. iPhones have become so, so good. So in the next five years, I mean, imagine how far they've come in the last five years. So mm. in the next five years, they, they've become amazing. But I think in terms of wedding photography, I think that'll probably be one of the last uh, areas of photography um, to be taken over by, by smartphones, etc. Because it's not just about the camera itself. It's about the interactions with the photographer, getting the best out of people. Um, on my training courses, I say that photography is 20% technique and 80% psychology. So you just mm-hmm. need to learn what the settings are for your given situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of photography is about getting the best out of your subject. And that's mm-hmm. where the psychology comes in. Um, mm. So I th- hopefully wedding photography is going to be around for, for many years to come. Um, I also think there's going to be more reliance on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A few years ago, I never would have dreamed that I'd be getting bookings that were done directly through Instagram. Um, so there's no emailing at all. So they contact me to say, am I available? I say yes on Instagram. They book me up. Um, I give them my bank details and it all happens through Insta. Wow. And, and, you know, and, and I'll be looking on my email for the correspondence and I can't find it. I thought, oh my God, I've lost a client. And of course, it's, they, they were never on email. I never emailed them. And mm. the same thing happens now with WhatsApp. I get mm-hmm. lots of bookings directly through WhatsApp and all the correspondence is on that too. So do you find sometimes that you know someone's got in touch with you through one of these mediums, but you can't remember which one it is? You end yes, up searching yes. WhatsApp and, and Instagram. Because sometimes I booked a year in advance, 18 months in advance. So these are mm. weddings a long time in the future. And then I have to look through my file. I have a paper file still for, for every client. Um, and then it says, oh, of course. They, they got their contact to me on Insta. Mm. Um, Video is going to become a lot more prevalent too. Um, 
and I, I, th- I think it was talked about a while ago when the shift to 4K happened, is that people would be taking stills from the video. I still don't quite think 4K is good enough to take stills, um, especially as video tends to be done at 25 um, frames a second. Uh, so they're slightly blurry, but I think as we go to 8K and that detail improves, people will be shooting video and just taking stills from that. Uh, I can definitely see that that's 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 something that's going to be happening more and more but it's interesting times i love the fact that, that our industry is fast moving there's lots going on you know the move from dslrs to mirrorless is an exciting move um and i think that's going to mean better interaction uh with clients because with the mirrorless you don't have to hold it up to your eye anymore you can hold it slightly away from your eye and use the camera's eye tracking to get that mm-hmm. that that perfect focus and you can engage more with the clients that's got to be a good thing yeah, in order to keep that eye contact, and and it's amazing, of course, when you speak to when you speak to the people that you're photographing. If you've got a camera right in front of your face, then it, that blocks off a lot of that sound, doesn't it? Absolutely, it muffles it, and then they can't see you're smiling. They don't know that you're engaged uh, as much. Uh, yeah, no, it makes a big difference. So, what's next in your business then? Oh wow, yeah, lots of things. Um, there's always something to learn as a photographer. There's always new things to do. Um, but one of the things I've been asked a lot over the last few years is, do I do video as well? Um, and it's not possible for one person on a wedding to do photos and video. You'd have to ask them to repeat walking back up the aisle again <laughs> uh, in order to shoot both. But, but, but it's um, not just that, is it? It's a very different mindset when you're shooting photographs compared oh, to shooting video. Just, yeah. For the first video I tried to do, I tried to put the, the camera uh, vertical, <laughs> stick a vertical <laughs> video, like, you know, like it was my phone on Insta for a story. Yeah. But of course you can't. You just need to, you need to think and, and compose and do everything in landscape um lots of similar tricks um but yeah no i love doing video so i've started doing that partly because i want to know how it works partly because there are there are some jobs that i would love to do the video for rather than stills um and also um i work a lot for for my high-end weddings when i'm shooting stills with a videographer and i'd quite like to know what their requirements are uh when they're shooting alongside me so the long-term aim is to get videographers working for me too um and, and and rather at the moment I outsource the videography. So keep the video in-house um, and um, some of my colleagues who are great at video to come and do that for me. Uh, so therefore I need to learn what's, what, we, what makes their job easier. Um, and so how can we work best in tandem together? And also the other thing that uh, I want to do more of is training. Now, as I mentioned before, I love it. I've been doing it for about 10 years. Um, and lots of photographers get into the market because they love taking photos. But there's so much more to running a business than just being able to take photos. As I mentioned earlier, it's about 20% technique and I think 80% psychology. So lots of the photographers have that 20% technique or they have enough of the technique to be able to take the photos. But they need to learn a lot about that psychology, about getting the best out of the client. But do you think a lot of those photographers understand the need to learn that 80% as opposed to learning, you know, refining that particular lighting technique, which is that that sits clearly in that 20%, doesn't it? They just weren't aware. Um, It's a very good point. That's what the training should be there for. But people don't necessarily know they need the training until they're made aware. Um, You could go out and photograph a a marquee wedding with your 20% technique. If if you knew how natural daylight works, and that's how most photographers get into it, um, is that if you understand how natural daylight works, then you can do that. You can't do that at a winter wedding. Mm, uh, no very different set of skills so what would you say to someone then who's just starting out on their photography journey oh wow um three main things i, I suggest any any person needs when they're starting out i guess 
the need to learn how to run a business. Lots of people have come to photography as a second job. And so they, they've been doing their, their main job. And that tends to be one element. Um, but they don't understand all the hats that you need uh, in order to, to be a photographer. So obviously you need to be able to do photography. As a photographer, you obviously need to have sales skills. You need marketing skills. You need accountancy skills and business skills. Uh, there, are, there are lots of different skills that you need. So you need to learn how to run a business. Um, obviously you need to learn how to take photos. Um, as I said earlier, natural daylight is how everybody starts. But you, as a good photographer, you need to understand how to do off-camera flash as well. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. Um, it, it's a bit too much to learn to start with. Uh, but once, once, once you've, you've got the basics of natural daylight, to learn off-camera flash is important. And I think that's when you begin to move from just taking photos to when you start really making photos and understanding how light works um, and, and the depth that you get from taking the the flash off camera. Hmm. Um, I, I remember right in my early days of running of of, of running my photography business, I used to do a lot of uh, natural available light photography, and and I declared myself as an available light photographer. But truth be told, it's because I was just scared of off camera flash, and it wasn't actually until I stuck a couple of flash guns, you know, just normal Canon speed lights, on a couple of stands, and then had a trigger firing them firing them off, that I realised actually it's not a scary thing as I thought it was, and it opened up masses of possible abilities that that simply were closed to me that I was closing to myself beforehand brilliant and I love the fact that you used it as a as a kind of a USP to say you were the available light photographer <laughs> yeah. genius. I, I was just running away from the truth <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely and I think that it's part of my training I've realized that's that's, that's one of the main areas that photographers who've been in the business for a couple of years really want to learn is mm. how to take that flash off camera mm. because the concepts are quite tricky um but once you understand how the how how you get people have three main things they want to learn they want to learn where to put the lights mm-hmm. how to how to trigger them and how the flash settings work uh, and once they work out those three things or once they're told those three things and in fact they're not that difficult but they they just take a bit of practice okay so you said number one was how to how to run a business number two is how to take better photos what's number three then good point the third point is uh, as we sort of touched on before it's about understanding people. When you do social photography, it's weddings and events. And for me, it's corporate as well. It's understanding what makes people tick um, and what makes someone laugh naturally. You can't just tell someone, oh, laugh, because you don't get a natural laugh. You have to work out what will will make them laugh. Mm. Um, And especially on some weddings. So quite a lot of weddings, I have to bond with with the bride and the groom within minutes of meeting them for the Mm. first time on their wedding day. Mm. Quite a lot when I travel abroad, then I've met them before the day or I photographed the, the, um, the dinner the night before and I've said mm-hmm. hello. But mm. quite a lot of my London weddings, I've not met them. We chatted on the phone. Maybe we've done a Zoom, but I've been booked up and, and I have about 90 seconds to say hello, bond <laughs> with them, have a look at them and to see what their best angles are in terms of lighting, etc. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. while they're having their makeup done in the morning. Actually, when they're having their makeup done, it can be quite a good chance to to work out those good angles where it's quite often brilliant. they're not, not able to talk as well. So you can sort of observe a little bit without the pressure of having to interact with them at the same time as trying to work out technically how to get the best from them. Absolutely. And they tend to be sitting in front of a mirror. So that helps with angles and looking, mm. looking at that as well. Yeah, no, mm. 100% agree. Mm. Um, and also, I always make sure that, the, that there is champagne ready to, to relax them because I tend to find that's when the brides are at their most nervous. So do you think the job is more than just taking photographs then? Absolutely. There's a lot more that goes into it. I've got a funny story about how it's making the personal connections with your clients that's important. 
I went to go and pitch uh, for a very high-end wedding and the it was a high-end hotel and the wedding planner were there and the clients were there and I lent my iPad to my daughter the day before and she was a little toddler and she was playing around on my iPad so during the middle of my pitch and I was showing my slideshow <laughs> oh, suddenly <no. laughs> these notifications started coming up on my iPad and it was something like um, you need to collect more unicorn diamond bracelets or something. <laughs> so I, I swished the first one away and then it came mm -hmm. up again and mm -hmm. then it kept on coming up again mm -hmm. and I was so embarrassed and I thought oh, I've lost the job they think I'm into unicorn diamond <laughs> you never know but they actually, might they I might be into said, unicorns <laughs> <laughs> well actually I then said so sorry this is my daughter she, she's borrowed my iPad and it's all left on, on my and actually ended up getting me the job because they said oh that must be whatever game it was at the time my grandkids love that game and then we started <laughs> talking, talking about the game so yeah I, I, so I had suddenly had a connection with them mm -hmm. and they much preferred me over the other photographer um mm. who they were thinking of because they they, they they weirdly suddenly had this thing in common about well, it's, it's a human connection racer. isn't it absolutely absolutely and another thing i think that um new photographers um a problem new photographers i should say have mm -hmm. is that there's a catch-22 is that new photographers need a portfolio of work mm. but they don't have enough jobs to have that portfolio to get the jobs in order to have the portfolio mm. Mm. so that's something that I do and I've started offering one-to-one -one sessions um, where we do a bit of business sometimes these are one day sometimes it's the two-day sessions um, they don't necessarily have the portfolio so I can help them get a portfolio we get a bride and groom together um, and we go around London do some cool little areas um we get some great shots for them and also if they want they can get some of the business skills as well that that's really useful but then they can also learn how to use the settings um because doing natural as we said before natural daylight photography has very different settings to winter weddings uh you know on some winter weddings i've shot the whole day at a 60th for second um Gosh, wow so you've really got to know what that means and if yeah. you're using flash flash helps freeze the motion and if you take the flash off the camera then you can get phenomenal results mm. uh, and then the, my only final thing for new photographers is don't get obsessed with kit just don't buy tons and tons of kits you just need to start with you just need a a pretty bog standard body and maybe a 24 to 70 and a 70 to 200 millimeter lens and they are your two workhorse lenses yes and, and get a, get a flash or two for your off-camera flash but that is the basic kit you need and a backup uh, and you body get your, and a backup <laughs> absolutely yeah very good point and a backup body you can buy your primes and stuff later on once you've got the money coming in but you don't need them to start with mm. you're right the 2470 and the 70 to 200 classic workhorses two of the holy trinity lenses 16 to 35 being the other one of course yes absolutely okay zander three things you would uh three things you're into right now and one thing that you would like to throw into the world of never seeing again. What I've been into is the small intimate weddings. I, I haven't really done these before because working at the high end of the market, these tend to always be lavish affairs, amazing hotels in England or abroad. Um, and so having these small weddings has been amazing. I've loved it, partly because we've not been allowed to have big weddings. <laughs> although, although in the summer, last summer, I did go to France in the middle of the pandemic to photograph a wedding for 120 people. And it in was, the middle of the pandemic? Yeah, in the middle. So we were, it was literally the week that the government said, oh, if you go to France, you've got to quarantine on your return. Mm -hmm. and I wasn't let the bride and groom down by not going. Uh, so I did, and I wore my mask all day, and my hand sanitized like crazy. And I came back and obviously had to quarantine, um, but I didn't get ill. Um, 
and it was fabulous. But mm. um, but um, apart from that one big wedding for 120, they've all been little weddings this year. But intimate weddings doesn't mean small. Uh, intimate, they can still have fabulous budgets. Um, and now, actually, it turns out that they have a bigger budget per person. Um, if they're not having their big, big wedding for 120 oh, people, they can afford yeah. now to spend a lot more per person, which has been fabulous. And I've had some amazing weddings. Hmm. A number of them have been NDA'd, uh, which means a non-disclosure agreement. But I don't mind doing that. You know, I've become known for the photographer who's discreet. Um, so, so just just be doing lots of fabulous weddings. So I've been loving these small ones. Hmm. Um, and as I said before, they're now every day of the week, it's fine to get married on a Tuesday. Uh, so that's one thing I'm into right now. Um, okay. Another thing, I'm loving doing videos. Uh, it's new to me. And it's, as, as a photographer, you, you never stop learning. So for me, learning to do video has, has been great. That's another string to my bow. Um, and I'm also loving time lapses. Um, oh, okay. Always, I've always loved them. I've just not been very good at them. But, but with more practice um, and, and moving the camera at the same time. So moving on a track, et cetera, um, has been lovely. So I've, I've been doing lots of practice at that. And then one thing you want to throw into the world of never seeing again? Pandemics, please. It's been just a <laughs> disaster for, for all my photographer colleagues, but also my industry. I've, the hospitality industry has just been decimated and it's been so, so sad. Companies going bust, businesses going bust, you know, historic venues, mm. um, it's just it's just been so sad um mm. but i think fingers crossed this pandemic is the once in a hundred year event um and so we're unlikely to see another one in our lifetime Sander, uh we need to wrap this up in a moment but before we go oh. where can listeners find you online if they want to know more about you okay got my website it is www.zander.co.uk that's x-a-n-d-e-r and my instagram is just Zander Casey Photography, and my surname is C-A-S-E-Y. Okay, Zander with an X, Casey with a C. Yes. Well, Zander, look, thank you for your time. I, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you, and good luck with everything in 2021. Oh, thank you, Simon, for the opportunity. It's been great to chat to you and to chat about how I got into the business, uh, and hopefully that will help others. Well, let, let's keep in touch, and it'd be great to get you back on the show at some point in the future, maybe in a year's time, something like that, to find out how everything's been going. We'd love to. So there we go. And a big shout out and a big thank you as well to Zander for coming onto the show. Just a reminder that you can find him at zander.co.uk or his Instagram page. Just go to Zander Casey Photography. Now, our next guest is someone you're going to love. She's not a wedding photographer, but instead she photographs families and she's a commercial photographer too. And that episode is ready right now because the first three guest episodes are all released together. But whether or not you listen to that episode now, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss future episodes. But for now, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again soon.